I went on my first mission trip when I was 16 years old. It was to a small village in the northern part of Canada. And still to this day, I can't believe my parents let me get on that tiny airplane and fly all of that way, but I'm so glad they did. My eyes were open to so many opportunities to share my faith and the love of God and to let people know what God had done for them. It opened my eyes up to a world of possibilities. Our guest today, Rachel Taylor, knows this experience well, and everything about her life reflects it. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. Rachel Taylor was born and raised in the St. Louis, Missouri area. Even today, you'll find her in a kindergarten classroom loving every minute teaching children. And though St. Louis is her home, she holds another culture in her heart, and we're going to hear how that came about today. Rachel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, you have a fabulous story that we can't wait to hear, but start by telling us a little bit about yourself. When did God start drawing you towards this missional lifestyle? In 2012, there's no way to really explain it when people ask me about it, except that I wasn't doing anything different. I just started having this desire to be something more than just a nominal Christian. And I just kept hearing that same message about being a disciple of Jesus Christ in the songs that I heard on the radio, in the books that I was reading, in the Bible studies I was doing, in the sermons at church. And all I can say is that God chose that time to just um, draw me to Himself. That's the only way that I can explain it. When I found out that my church was taking um, a mission trip, I was just on that quest to figure out what a sold-out disciple of Christ looked like, and I thought that might help me to figure it out. And so that's kind of how my journey started. So where did you go on your first trip? I went to the Dominican Republic. And when you went there, what was the, what was the experience like? Was it your first time going out of the country, or had you experienced something like this before? Yeah, it was my first time um, being out of the country at all. I had never even flown on an airplane before. Um, it was something totally out of my comfort zone, but which kind of points back to the fact that I knew that God was drawing me because it's not something that I would have normally done. I'm kind of a homebody. I'm close with my family. I like to stay at home. Um, and this was just totally like out of my comfort zone, but I knew that God was calling me to do that. So I did it. <laughs> what were some of the things that struck you when you first landed, when you first got off the airplane and got settled into the places where you'd be staying? What did you observe? How did you experience that? I mean, it was different than anything I'd ever experienced before. I was totally, you know, out of my my comfort zone. I'd seen pictures of things in third world countries before, but um, for me, it was a totally different experience to be there firsthand and see the poverty and see the things that were happening um, outside of, you know, my small little world that I was living in in St. Louis. God just used that time as I was out of my comfort zone to just completely wreck my life and start thinking about rethinking a lot of things in my life. I remember the first time I was in a third world country and I was sitting next to a friend and I was kind of taking in all of those sites that you're explaining right now. Mm -hmm. And I must have had a look on my face and she was like, it's different when it's all around you, isn't it? It's so mm -hmm. much different than when you're seeing a picture. Absolutely. What kind of activities did you guys do on your mission trip? So on that first trip, it was kind of just a 
a mix of different things so that you could get to know the ministries that this particular organization that I went with was doing. And so we, um, you know, visited an, uh, a girl's home for a girl who had been abandoned. We um, visited some villages, you know, like kind of remote places where they had planted churches. That was a lot of it. Eventually, I, I went back again later and did, you know, some similar things, but visited a home where there was women who had come out of prostitution. Um, and so they were taking care of the women there and discipling them and teaching them to do trades. That was another aspect of things that I I got to see firsthand while I was there. Yeah, I mean, we know that your experience with this missional living didn't stop after this mission trip. Can you walk me through what it looked like when you came back from that first trip to the DR? How did you move forward? Yeah, I was just completely messed up when I got home. I just knew that things in my life had to be different. When I had left, before I left on that week-long trip, I was getting ready to start another master's degree. I was thinking about buying a house those sorts of things, pretty much everything in my life kind of just revolved around me and how I could further myself. And so when I got back, I really started looking at all of that and um, decided not to go back to school. And it actually, this is what God does um, when you obey, is that the same night that my night classes were going to be on, I had the the director of a a program called Bible Study Fellowship, um, their young adult program, she called me and asked if I'd be willing to be a group leader. And it just happened to be on that same night that I had just given up my night classes. And so I just knew at that point that that's what God wanted me to do. And so I started pouring into other young women in a, a Bible study fellowship group. I started volunteering at a pregnancy help center. Basically, my life just turned from looking towards what I could do to make my own life better to figuring out how I could pour into other people's lives. Well, it sounds like your experience really impacted your life here in St. Louis, but how did your ministry in the Dominican Republic develop as well? Yeah, so after I got back, um, that for, after that first trip, I knew that I was going back. There was no doubt in my mind that I was going to go back. Um, and so I immediately started um, asking this particular organization that I was working with, I asked them how I could do more and be involved more. And so um, I ended up filling out the paperwork to be what they considered an intern or an apprentice for a longer period of time the next summer. Um, and so I I did that. And then after that, I just kept going back. So since I teach school here um, in St. Louis, I would teach during the school year, and then I would spend my summers there in the Dominican Republic. Uh, At first, I I started working just with children. That's my kind of background. You know, I have a degree in early childhood education, and that's what I love is children. And so I worked with the children of the women who had, you know, gotten out of the sex trafficking industry and um, worked with them and their teachers and tried to create some programs for them. Then I eventually started helping in some of the businesses that those women worked in, I actually still um, run a website, well, an Etsy store um, called Lily House Boutique, where I sell the jewelry that the women there make um, to help them provide for their families in a more dignified manner. So I'm still involved in those things. I also ended up um, working with many short-term teams and helped them kind of coordinate some of the aspects of their trip when they were coming to work with children and and talking to them about what things they could do that would be beneficial on their short-term trips. Did you speak Spanish before you went? 
Uh, good question. <laughs> um, I took Spanish in high school, and I took like maybe one semester in college, but I never paid any attention <laughs> to it and never imagined that I was ever going to use it. And so the very first summer that I stayed more long-term, man, my head just would spin because a lot of times I would be the only person who didn't speak Spanish. And so after that first summer being there for about six weeks, when I came back to St. Louis, I vowed that I was going to to learn. And so um, I got a tutor. I signed up for classes at the community college. And then I also started attending a Spanish-speaking church service every week. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, my Spanish got better. But, you know, God had given me a heart for those people, and I knew I had to figure out a way to to be able to communicate with them. So. Well, you've taken your language skills and your experience in ministry overseas, and you've you've brought that here to St. Louis too, haven't you? Yes. So um, actually, I ended up meeting my husband at the same um, ministry site. He was also working with a pastor and with this um, ministry there. And we met and... Um, Eventually, he moved here to the States, Um, and so that just changed the dynamic of me going back and forth to the Dominican Republic. And so I just knew that, you know, I had my summers available, and I knew God was wanting me to use them in a way that would glorify Him, um, but it had to look different than what I had previously been doing in, you know, traveling to another country. And so I just sort of took all the things that I feel like God had gifted me in and all the things that God had put desires for in my heart and tried to figure out what that would look like. That's kind of how my camp for Hispanic children came about. And that's called Sin Fronteras, right? Yes. Which means without borders? It means without borders, correct. Great. Well, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? Yes. So um, basically my, again, my thoughts were to figure out how God could use the desires that he'd given me right here in my own city of St. Louis. And so, um, again, what I love is small children, and um, I do love now speaking Spanish, and so um, trying to figure out how to put those things together. So um, I wanted to be within the Hispanic community somehow. I wanted to build relationships. I wanted to share the gospel. But then I also realized that there is a need for children who uh, many times come from a Spanish-speaking household and are getting ready to enter into the public school and don't really know much English, if any. And so I wanted to give the kids plus the parents a place where they felt comfortable speaking in their own language, but also knowing that they're working towards something else like working towards learning English so that they can excel in school. And so those are kind of my uh, immediate goals in, in the camp. Is this something that runs just in the summer, or is it a year-round program? So right now it's just running during the summer in June and July. Um, I have a strong desire to make that happen more full-time, but, um, you know, I'm taking steps towards that. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, a long, a long way in the, uh, the future. If that's what God has really called uh, me to do, I will uh, keep working towards that. But right now it's just in the summertime. What are some of the coolest ways you've seen God work in this ministry? Yeah, one particular moment for me was the very first summer that I did it, I decided I was going to have like a sign-up day where the parents could come and register their children and they could um, do some activities and things like that. And I planned it all out and advertised it and 
did all of these things and just waited and waited and waited, and only one family showed up. Mm -hmm. And this was the week before camp was supposed to start. And I was sure that God had called me to this. There was no doubt in my mind that God had, had called me to do this. And I was just so discouraged, and I, I just had to keep relying on Him and remembering, okay, God, you've been faithful to me in the past, and I know that you're going to be faithful now. And the week before camp started, my phone just kept ringing. My phone rang and rang and rang and rang, and by the time camp started on that next Monday, I had a full class of children. And when I walked in that morning, I had left my other teachers there, and I went to go pick up a couple of kids that needed to get picked up, and they needed transportation. And I walked in, and the classroom was full of children. I mean, not just a few children. It was full of children and their parents. And I was just overwhelmed. I was in tears. I couldn't believe that, you know, that God had done that. I should. I should believe because um, He can do anything more than we imagine, and He did. He showed up that day, and that was something really big for me. Some other smaller things were just that, um, you know, I knew I needed some money to get this off the ground, and I had one meeting um, with someone from the Metro Baptist Association in St. Louis, and immediately he said they would fund the entire project after one meeting, and so oh, wow. God provided um, for that. The first summer, he provided two. I didn't know who was going to teach it with me. I knew it couldn't just be me. He provided um, two teachers from a school in Honduras. Um, the two women got their visas to come and came for the summer and taught with me for free. Just all of those things that I, I was uncertain about and didn't know how they were going to happen, you know, God just showed up and, and worked it all out. That's really incredible. It's so inspiring to hear your heart for the ministry and to to hear that your faith is just resting in God to do what God does. Rachel, there are so many people who might have hearts that want to serve just as you are. Maybe it's not a preschool, maybe it's not ministry amongst Spanish-speaking people, but they have their own calling. What wisdom would you pass along to somebody who just doesn't know where to begin or who's maybe feeling the beginning stages of that frustration that you felt maybe when one person showed up. What would you tell that person? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, continuing to, you know, study the Scripture and see the times where God has, has been faithful, um, I think that's important. I think for me, reading biographies of missionaries has been huge to just see how people who have been sold out to Christ, how God has provided and how God has taken their desires and fulfilled them. Um, that's been something super encouraging to me. You know, for people who don't know where to begin, I would say in, in a short-term trip, you know, especially internationally, I think can can give you that time where you're out of your comfort zone. I think God can use that to speak into your life. Um, you know, and if someone's not ready for that, I think just finding a spot, you know, there's plenty of places right here in our own city where there are places to plug in and to forget about ourselves and to minister to other people. There's lots of opportunities to do that, but I think when we forget about ourselves for a while, start investing in the lives of other people, that God can really bless that and then use it to grow us. Mm. I never get tired of hearing stories like yours. And to think that your work not only brings you joy, but it also opened up doors and opportunities for you to meet your husband and translate 
the work that you guys were doing in the Dominican Republic to ministry here as well. You never know what God has planned. And I'm sure that the impact with these children that you're working with, that you share the gospel with, will continue for years and even generations to come. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel Tealoos had a change of circumstances, but not a change of heart. God had called her to Hispanic ministry, and when traveling to and from the DR was no longer an option, God opened up new opportunities right here where she lives. Rachel was not defeated, but instead was open to letting God use her to minister to the Hispanic community right here in the St. Louis area. Circumstances may change, but our call to missions does not. Will you follow Rachel's example and use your gifts right where you are? We'd love to hear all about it. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action, and send us an email.